Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for our Sunday morning service (laughs) without the music. We just don't have time. Time constraints don't allow us to have a full-blown Sunday morning service live, but this is Sunday morning alive, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Amen. The Word of God is alive. Uh, Amen. Praise God. Amen. The service may be be dead, but when the Bible is read, and when the Scriptures are brought forward, uh, life is being put before us today. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said of the Scripture that it is alive. It is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That word quick doesn't mean fast. It doesn't mean how we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. It means it is life. It is alive. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The Word of God can jump right off the page, right into your heart today. So we're going to get into this because we're going to be talking about spiritual food for the hungry soul. Spiritual food for the hungry soul. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John in the New Testament, chapter 6, verse 26 and 27. It said, And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, 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 is just like surely, surely. Now, he's he's putting two verilies, not just surely I say unto you, but surely, surely I say unto you. Now, God wants us to get this. Sometimes we, we're just reading to say we read the chapter, read the scripture. Uh, this is one of those Selah moments in the New Testament when David would say something that he really didn't want people to miss. He would put a capital S-E-L-A-H. In music, it would mean a pause where no instrument is playing, no voice is singing, just a very brief pause and then begin again. Listen, this is a Salah moment. God is saying, Jesus is speaking and saying, I don't want you to miss this. Verily, verily, surely, surely, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. You see, spiritual hunger wasn't in them. They were wanting more for just the physical part of them. They didn't see uh, that his words were life. You know, he spoke and said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Listen to verse 27. Labor not for the meat that perisheth, but for the meat that endureth to everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath the Father sealed. Glory be to God. The word meat is used here in the Greek in a general word for food, not steak and roast, not just bread, but food in general. One translation of the scripture says, do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures unto everlasting life, eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give you. They were physically hungry, and Jesus supernaturally provided for them by multiplying the fish and loaves. He's now telling them, don't just follow me for the temporal stuff. He said, I came to give you eternal life. 
Jesus intended to lift the listeners, therefore, from their barren food-dominated existence to the recognition of the supreme hunger of life that could only be filled by a different kind of bread. Maybe you grew up in a church and you know a few Bible stories and you know what happened at Christmas and Easter and you think you have Jesus all figured out. Be careful that you don't allow what you know about Him to keep you from actually knowing Him. Actually knowing Jesus spiritually to where you can actually partake of Him spiritually is 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 partaking of the bread of life. He will satisfy and sustain you. Satan will not be able to use the world system to appeal to your flesh successfully as long as we continually look to Jesus as our Savior and our source of all of our needs and find in Him that completeness and that fulfillment spiritually. And listen, when we, when we put the kingdom first and we seek God and we seek Christ and we put Him above Everything else as the bread of life, as essential to our spiritual existence and our spiritual sustenance, friend of mine, we're going to find that he will take care of all the other things. We need the natural food for the natural man, but we need the spiritual food for the spiritual man. In his best-selling book called In the Thin Air, John Krakauer relates the hazards that plagued some climbers as they attempted to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Andy Harris, one of the expedition leaders, stayed at the peak too long, and on his descent he became in dire need of oxygen. Harris radioed the base camp, told them about his predicament. He mentioned that he'd come across a a cache of oxygen canisters left by other climbers, but they were all empty. The climbers who already passed the canisters on their way, uh, on their own descent, knew they were not empty but full. They pleaded with him on the radio to make use of them, but it was to no avail. Harris was starved for oxygen, and he continued to argue that the canisters were empty. The problem was the lack of what he needed had so disoriented his mind that though he was surrounded by something that would give him life, he continued to complain of his absence. Someone suggests that the very thing he held in his hand was absent in his brain. The lack of oxygen had ravaged his capacity to recognize what was right in front of him. Friends, I'm going to say something today to you. Listen carefully. I'm going to put a surely, surely ahead of it. What is oxygen to the body, the bread of life is to the soul. Many of us are suffocating and starving, and we don't even know it. We think we have Jesus figured out, but we might be way off from what he is supposed to be to every child of God. Jesus is offering life to us while we run around trying to appease our appetites. This is why we have a designer gospel today, to try to fulfill a consumer-driven society. What the world and the modern church needs is to partake of the bread of life, to really know Christ and to have fellowship and intimacy with Him spiritually. 
Jesus still seeks to turn them from the physical and material to the spiritual and the eternal. Now, I've often said it. I'm going to continue to say it. I say it with a broken heart, not just with an accusations and a critique and a criticism. But listen, with a broken heart, I'm telling you there's a message out there that that stimulates only and is directed to the physical and the material, not the spiritual and the eternal. And it is drawing tens of thousands, yea, hundreds of thousands to it. And, and it is not the message that we need to hear today. Our souls have become empty. Our church buildings have become places without the true life of God within them. Oh, my dear friend, how we need a revival that is driven by a hunger. Hallelujah for God. Listen, John 6, Jesus speaking. It said, Our fathers, 31 through 35, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, here again, I don't want you to get this. I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. This is such an important and vital truth that Jesus repeats it in John 6, 48 through 58. Listen again. This, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's not about the, the, you know, some people go to church, uh, to, because they like the singing over here. Some people go to church because they like the activities over there. Some people go to church because they, 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 they like the personality of the preacher. Some people go to church because they, it is convenient for them. They, they, they get in and they get them out. I mean, it's, I can almost hear the rawhide. Theme, you know, head them up, move them out, get them in, uh, get it over with, and get them to the golf course ready to tee off at 10 a.m. Uh, that's not spiritual hunger. There'll never be a revival unless we recognize that that what we really need is not more of what the world has to offer for our physical man, but what God has to offer for our spiritual man. You know, the scripture said, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. So listen to what Jesus says in John six forty-eight through 58. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread that cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Praise God. Amen. Listen, the Jews there therefore strove among themselves. How, how can a man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Here it is again, verily, verily. 
I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. See, this is the spiritual partaking of Jesus. This is intimacy with Him. This is finding in Him what the world can never, ever give. This is fulfilling the deepest longing of our soul. Hallelujah. What, what a, what a, a, a barrier against the enemy who, who, who tantalizes us with everything the world has to offer. But it's all temporal, isn't it? It's all material, isn't it? Make no mistake about it. God doesn't want you to starve to death and God wants you to be clothed and God wants you to have a roof over your head. And I believe God wants to help us pay our bills and I'd like a hearty amen. Hallelujah. But that's not the primary purpose of Jesus coming. Hallelujah. Amen. We prosper in direct relation to our soul prospering. Amen. I wish you above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. And your soul doesn't prosper without soul food. Praise God. And it is Jesus manifest to us, made made alive in us by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Listen. Listen, again, Jesus says, Whoever eateth of my flesh and drinketh of my blood... John six fifty four hath eternal life. I'll raise him up at the last day. My flesh is meat indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Glory be to God. Amen. Someone said, I ate all my angel food cake and now I'm hungry again. The Israelites ate manna and were famished the next day. So Jesus re- repeats this metaphor in verse 48. I am the bread of life. Then he reminds them that even though people ate man in the desert, they eventually died. Material things, dear friend, have a built-in mortality. They have a place, but it is never to be first place. You know, when we put the kingdom of God and His righteousness first, uh, the Bible said God is going to take care of everything else. The Gentiles don't know there's anything else, so that's all they seek. But if you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things that we actually need, and it's no sin to to ask for those needs to be met, as long as we recognize the spiritual need of our life is first and foremost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Said, said, said don't take you no thought for your, your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or wherewith you shall be fed. For the Lord know that you needs all these things. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Those outside the kingdom just seek the things. That's why there's a, there's a, a misinterpreted 
gospel and misrepresented. It doesn't in any way represent the true kingdom of God. Amen. Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. You see, it's not just for our fleshly needs, but it is righteousness. It is peace and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Material things have a built-in mortality. No matter how much we exercise, how good our diet is, we're eventually going to age and die. If you want something that lasts for eternity, you must partake of the one who alone is eternal. Look look at verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Glory to God. Friend of mine, how we need to recognize our need for the spiritual and eternal, not just following Jesus for the fish and the loaves, not just following for more of the best wine, but following Him for that that will satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. There's no greater miracle than when someone comes to know Christ as their Savior. Nothing more important than the kingdom of God. There's no blessing greater than eternal life. There's no message more important, more critical, more urgent, more vital than the good news that our sins can be forgiven. Glory be to God that the lost soul can be saved, that souls bound for hell can live in heaven forever, that Jesus came to be broken on the cross so you and I could eat the bread of life and live forever with God. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest source of spiritual joy. The greatest shout from the congregation of believers. The greatest reason for spiritual enthusiasm. The greatest stimulus to effective evangelism. The greatest reason for rejoicing. The greatest cause for celebration. The greatest cure for depression. The greatest experience of satisfaction. The greatest theme in praise, the greatest gratitude in worship, the greatest song when we get to heaven, and the greatest hope here upon the earth. It's the good news that the bread of life has come, been broken, so that we could partake at the cross, so we could partake of Him. And it all began where? Listen. It began, God, God is so, <laughs> God is so specific. Nothing that He does is without significance, even though it may seem to have little or no significance. In a little town called what? Where, where, where did, where was Jesus born? Where was the bread of life actually brought forward to us before the cross where it was broken that we might partake of it? A little town called Bethlehem. Oh, pastor, it's not Christmas yet. Listen, this is not about Christmas. This is about Christianity. This is about Jesus Christ. This is about the bread of life. This is not a Christmas thing. This is a Christian thing. 
This doesn't happen once a year, and now has been so commercialized it hardly passes without with any notice except more bills to pay and more responsibilities to run out and join the crowd in the getting of gifts and nothing wrong with the celebration. But if we're not spiritually partaking of Jesus, it's going to leave us empty and in debt, if you know what I'm saying today. And it all began in the little town called Bethlehem, known for absolutely nothing but the baking of bread. There were many bakers baking bread, and people would go to that little non, non-important town except for bread. And that's why Bethlehem meant the city of bread. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where Jesus was born, who gives who grew to manhood and declared himself to be what? The bread of life. Who went to the cross, whose body was broken for us so that we might actually partake of him spiritually and live forever. Hallelujah. This is what we are about to discover here today in the Word. He fills the deepest longing of our soul. You know, we used to sing the song, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed to the hungry calleth now, come and dine. Our webmaster has said to me often that this ministry is for the hungry and the thirsty. There's no way you're going to find in any church service anywhere, any choir, no matter how cloistered they are in their robes and how perfectly they hit that high C. Friend of mine, I'm going to tell you, there is nothing in terms of spiritual entertainment that can take the place of the spiritual food that Jesus himself came to give us. Glory be to God. Someone wrote the song years ago. He filled that longing. Let me read you something from that song. It says, Along the pathway of dark despair, All broken-hearted, bowed down with care, I met the Master, I knew Him there. He filled that longing down in my soul. I searched for Him, but knew not what I searched for. I longed for Him, and knew not what I longed for. When I found Jesus, I knew that I would search no more. This is not about programs and presentations. This is not even just about preaching. The preaching and the teaching is to bring us to Christ, that we might partake of Him. Hallelujah! He filled that longing down in my soul. And the second verse says, If you've been bruised by chains of sin, and you are searching for peace within, I know a Savior who will make you whole and fill that longing down in your soul. Glory be to God. It's not just the church that needs to partake of Christ so that we're not so vulnerable to the temptations to get caught up in such a busyness Believing that if we have that automobile, if we, if we can get in that house, uh, on the hill, if we can get that ring, if we can get that watch, if we can get that newest cell phone, if we can, if we, you know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament and it says this, why spend ye money for that 
that is not bread. Oh, friend of mine. You see, we, we, we look at bread differently today. We look at, at, at something that comes with the meal, not as the major part of the meal. But in, 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 in other cultures, that isn't so. And in Jesus' day, that isn't so. My great-grandmother used to say unto me, Bobby, eat your bread, for it is the staff of life. Now, I know nutritionally, you know, bread is not as good for you as we once thought it was. But there was, in the diet of the ancient times, bread was the major part of that diet. And that's why... In the Passover, they were told to kill the lamb. They were told to roast it and eat all of it. And while the blood on the doorpost is vitally important, it represents the the death angel, the plague passing over our dwelling. Amen. But the the, the 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 lamb being eaten doesn't get the the emphasis that it needs. Because when he brought them out of Egypt, when he brought them out of Egypt, there was not one feeble one among them, the scripture says. Can you imagine? Where, where did that occur? All the, the blood caused the judgment coming on Egypt not to touch their house. But where did that healing come? It came through the partaking of the lamb. They were to eat it with their staff in their hand. They were to eat it quickly because there was going to be an exodus. <laughs> they were going to, they, God come to set them free from Egypt's bondage. And not only that, but they were healed Every one so they could make the journey. There was not a sick one. I watched the, the old Charlton Heston version of the Ten Commandments and, and I didn't know the scripture that well, but I was watching. They had the elderly that couldn't walk and the sick that couldn't walk and they were carrying them on carts and, and makeshift things that they could drag them with as they got out as all of these millions of people exited Egypt. After the last plague, the death angel, my Bible says there was no one in a cart, no one hobbling along, no feeble because of sickness or age. Something supernaturally occurred, not just to keep them from being killed by the death angel, oh, but to but to heal them and help them to have the strength and energy for the journey into the promised land. Friend of mine, we need spiritual strength. We're on our way. Hallelujah to the promised land. Jesus is coming soon. The great push against us moving toward His coming spiritually strengthened, spiritually sustained, even in the last day when all the stops are out and the devil's doing everything he can to pull us away from the spiritual and the eternal and to get our focus. Remember what he did to tempt Jesus when Jesus was hungry? He said, turn these stones into bread. Turn them into bread. Satisfy your physical need. And Jesus said, man doesn't live by that physical bread alone. Is it essential? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Will God grant it to us? Yes. He's just saying that's not there that's not all there is of you. There's a man on the inside of you. There's a woman on the inside of you. 
boy or girl on the inside of you that will never find satisfaction just going to church even and going through the motions. No, we need to know the Lord that we might partake of Him in such a way that He fills the longing. So when Satan offers us the kingdoms of this world and we know what it, what the kingdom of God grants us and gives us, <laughs> we can tell him, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding. You think I would trade this that is not only eternal for that that is temporary, but that that fills the deepest longing of my heart for that that will never ever satisfy the world is ever getting and never having enough. Praise God. Friend of mine, Jesus says it, and he keeps saying it and reiterating it. I am the bread of life. Glory be to God. I am the bread of life. And friend of mine, I believe today that hungry and thirsty people want more than what your average Sunday morning church service offers. We want to be challenged to know Jesus intimately and to know Him personally and to know Him in such a relationship that we might might absolutely say no to all of that that the flesh is looking for except for what it needs for existence having food and raiment therewith. Be content if you have Jesus in the right kind of spiritual relationship. Hallelujah. As World War II was drawing to a close, this true story came out of it. The Allied armies gathered up many hungry orphans. They were placed in camps and they they were well fed. But despite all the great care they received, they couldn't sleep at night because they were nervous and afraid. Finally, they came up with a solution. Each child was given a piece of bread. See, they had been so starved, so hungry for so long. They Physically, they were fed, but psychologically, they were afraid of starving. An amazing thing happened. They were told to hold on to this piece of bread, but not to eat it. The amazing thing happened. These orphans slept soundly because they knew that they would have food to eat the next day. Friends, the Bible said we are orphans because of our sin. But Jesus said, I won't leave you orphanous. I won't leave you comfortless. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the Greek, it's orphanous. Hallelujah. I'll send you another comforter. And God wants to give us the bread of life to hold on to. Jesus said, take this bread, hold it in your hands, eat it in holy communion. For this is my body, which is given for you. You drink the cup, but you eat all of the bread, just like you eat all of the Lamb. Today, Christian, are you hungry? Are you finding in just going through the motions that fulfillment that He promised you? Have you gone from church to church looking for something? It's not in a church or a a particular type of music or a particular preacher. It's in Jesus who is the bread 
of life. Hallelujah. We need to seek Him. We need to find Him. We need to hang on to Him. Praise God in Jesus' name today. I'm looking for the spiritual and eternal. How about you? Friend, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you're, you're, away, you, you, you're alienated from God. You're without hope, the Scripture said, because you're without God in this present world. And you will continue to look in vain through every type of sin, every type of everything the devil offers because you're so hungry. It makes you vulnerable to drugs. It makes you vulnerable to illicit sex. It makes you vulnerable to materialism to the point of of literally selling your soul in order to get things that are going to pass away. Jesus was astonished when he saw it and he said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? But he said, ho, you that are thirsty, you that are hungry, let him come unto me. He's calling today to come and dine, to come and dine at his table and find in him the bread of life and the water that quenches the thirst that only God can quench, that living water. Don't run from Jesus anymore. Come to Christ today. Give Him your your life. Repent of your sin. Come out of that prison house of darkness. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You know what He said in the last book of the Bible? It's the last call to salvation. It was to the hungry and thirsty. Everyone who needs this living water. He said, let the bride say, come. Let the church say, come. And he that heareth, let him say, come. And whosoever will, let him come. And drink of the river of life freely. Come today. Come to Jesus. Let Him fill that deepest longing of your soul and be ready for His coming in Jesus' name.